Hey guys, this is Rob Beardsley with Lone Star Capital. Today I'm walking through a quick example from a discussion that we had on LinkedIn a while ago. We were talking about the difference between class A and class B and C value add and where you create value, let's say from buying a five cap class A deal and then pushing it to a six cap, is that superior to buying, let's say a six cap class C deal and pushing it to a seven cap? If you think about the math quickly, the difference between a five cap and a six cap is more absolute value creation than a 6% to a 7% cap rate. Thought about differently, the delta between a four and a five cap is the same as a multiple going from 20 to 25 times. And so that's, that's a bigger difference than if you're going from five to six, that's 20 times to somewhere around 16 six times or something like that. So there's more absolute value creation in the class A scenario where you're buying in at a lower cap rate and then pushing them 100 basis points. So the math and logic is there to tell you that increasing your NOI, there's more bang for your buck increasing NOI when your cap rate that you're valued at is lower. Makes sense logically, right? If I'm going to increase my NOI by 100 bucks and my cap rate is four, I can multiply that $100 increase by 25 to get the, my resulting increase in value. Whereas if my property is only worth a five cap, then I can only multiply that $100 increase by 20 to get my resulting value. So that's the math, that's the logic. The logic is right. Let's look and see if that proves out and if it actually makes sense to buy lower cap rate deals and get the benefit of increasing value. So what we have in front of us here is first the class A example. I just wanna set the stage. We're taking two examples and we're mirroring them. We're keeping them very similar and only making some key changes. So first I wanna show you the increase in revenue that we have here is 17.4% from the trailing to the stabilized. So that's essentially our pro forma is a 17.4% increase. And we're buying this deal at a four and a quarter cap. So this is a class A deal with meat on the bone. Four and a quarter cap, that's you know probably, that's a, that's a good deal. And now we're pushing it to a five and a half cap. So that's 125 basis points of increase in our, in our operating cap rate. And again, this five and a half cap is taking into account our costs associated with our pro forma. So we are renovating every single unit for 6,000 per unit and we're spending 400,000 on exterior upgrades. So that sets the stage. Now let's quickly jump over to the class C example here. As you can see, it's all very similar purchase price is lower to allow us to buy in at a higher cap rate for this hypothetical deal. So we're buying at a five and three quarters cap rate representing a class C deal with value add. So, and we're doing the same 125 basis point increase in our operating cap rate. On an absolute basis, the spread from four and a quarter to five and a half is superior to five and three quarters to 7%. And to exemplify that further, you can see that we're only pushing revenue 16% here, which is a lower absolute increase in revenue than the class A example, which is 17%. So there's the difference there. So one last thing also is the exit cap rates. I decided to use a 5% exit cap rate for the class A deal, which is a 50 basis point spread between the return on cost and the exit cap rate. On the class C deal, we have again, a 50 basis point spread between seven and six and a half. And so again, logically, the spread between 
five and a half and five is a bigger increase of value or a bigger delta of value than seven to six and a half. All this should mean that the return on the class A deal should be better, right? We created more absolute value. And then when we're compressing our stabilized cap rate versus our exit cap rate, we're creating more value on the sale as well. So let's look at the results. So here's the class A deal. Class A deal has a 15.5% project IRR. You can also make note of the unlevered IRR. So those are the numbers there. And then in the class C deal, we've got a 9.2 unlevered and an 18.1 levered. So superior returns in the class C, even though we're producing less absolute value. So this is the exact opposite of what we kind of think mathematically when we think, well, lower cap rates, larger magnifiers of value. Not really true in the application of the of the numbers. You know, deals aren't bought based on just cap rates and and in a vacuum. At the end of the day, buyers are valuing properties based on a discount rate, not a cap rate. And a discount rate is simply just their their IRR hurdle. As as buyers in the market, we're simply just picking the price that gets us to our acceptable projected return. Let's take it a, a step further here as we're debunking this myth. So why is the class C deal projecting a higher return? Well, obviously we're, we're buying a higher cap rate. We're buying more income and that shows itself most clearly in the difference in cash on cash. Here in the class C example, we have an impressive 10.9% average cash on cash. And you can see throughout the years, we've got three years of interest only. And that's the, the result there. On the class A example, our cash on cash is only 7%. So huge difference, a 400 basis point difference almost in cash on cash. And that really shows you the there's there's one of the big attributions to the IRR difference is that, you know, yes, you got in at a lower cap rate and you're selling at a lower cap rate in the class A deal. But in the class C deal, a greater portion of your return is attributed to the cash flow and it's actually driving the, the higher total return. So that really shows the big difference there. The other point I want to note here is the fact that, again, these, this is just an example. These are not real numbers. Obviously, a class A deal and a class C deal are going to have different numbers as far as the rents, as far as the expense ratio and, and things like that. But the other thing I want to point out here is the financing assumptions. So to keep things simple and accurate, I use the same assumptions for both deals. 75% leverage on an LTV basis, three and a quarter rate, and three years IO. Now, what's the problem here? The problem is the class A example actually wouldn't qualify, wouldn't size to a 75% LTV. If you look at the sizing here, we're only getting to a 109 DSCR. Typically you need a 125, maybe even a 12 for a class A deal or for a top market. So in reality, we'd be more so looking at a maybe 70% leverage, maybe even 65% leverage on the class A deal, which is going to reduce our levered returns. Now on the class C deal, we've got plenty of cash flow to service the debt. And we'd actually be able to support max leverage, which is typically 80%. So that's going to even separate the returns and, and make that difference even more. If we look at it, now we have a 20% levered return for the class C example and only a 14%, 14.3% levered return in the class A example. Now this is taking it a step too far because at the end of the day, I wanted to compare apples to apples. I wanted to compare just the, the logic and the math behind the idea of creating absolute value and then having different cap rate spreads affect the numbers differently. So 
Hopefully this made sense and hopefully this gave you a new perspective on cap rates.